Hallelujah. Somebody was blessed to be here today. Come on, put your hands together. Celebrate Jesus. Celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah. The song says one word. One word. And things change under his authority. Is there anyone here today who wants to speak one word? To any stronghold, anything that has been holding sway against the will of God. Will you rise on your feet this morning, somebody? Will you stand? Everyone online, everyone joining us online. I just want to yield one or two minutes to you today. You know, it's one thing for us to sing a song. It's another thing for us to practicalize it. Jesus said, Behold, I give unto you authority. And you have the authority. And you can speak one word. And things change when we speak. A closed mouth leads to a closed destiny. And if you want destiny to open up, then we open our mouth and declare our authority. Is there something that you want God to turn around this week? And that you can speak a word of authority. The Bible says, Whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. And whatever we lose on earth is loose in heaven. Come on, come on, somebody, lift your two hands to Jesus and just speak a word of prayer today. Speak over a situation. Speak over a circumstance. Disallow something. Permit something. Something that is in line with the will of God. Somebody declare, this new week, a new door is open unto me. I disallow that threat in the name of Jesus. Somebody disallow that threat in your house. In the name of Jesus, and speak the strength of God over that organ in your body. And declare right now, healing flows under the authority of Jesus. Somebody speak health this morning. Speak strength this morning. Disallow wrath this morning. And declare that health shows up for you. Come on, somebody release health. Release open doors. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, things change under his authority. And we are under his authority. So we speak to that situation. We speak to circumstances this morning. And we declare that the hand of God goes ahead of us into this new week. Come on, somebody, one more minute. One more minute. Declare over that situation. Declare over that circumstance. Declare over that situation. Declare under the authority of Jesus. One word from God can transform everything. He sent his word and heal them and deliver them from all their destruction. One word under his authority. Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. We bless your name. And Lord, we stand in agreement of faith with everyone who has spoken a word under your authority. The centurion said, I'm also a man under authority. I say to one of my soldiers, go, and he goes. And I say to another, come, and he comes. And he says, speak the word only, and my servant will be healed. Lord, we declare over every situation, every circumstance here, right now, we release your healing power. We release your grace into situations. We speak your peace over families. We speak your peace over career issues. We speak your grace over that business that is going down. We declare this week there's a divine reversal of everything that is going down. In the name of Jesus, we declare that things start to go home. We command the release of your wisdom. Wisdom that's from above. In the name of the Lord Jesus. So we declare someone under the influence of this service this week you will know the next thing to do. You will no longer be stranded. Confusion gives way to divine direction. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you everlasting Father. Thank you everlasting Father. So Father as we preach and teach your word today. Charge your word with power. Let it minister grace to every hearer. Let no one be the same again. Let it not be about me. Let it be about you. Let your glory show. Let your light shine. Illuminate our darkness. Strengthen our heart to obey your word. Turn our lives around. And turn our nation around. One more time today, we thank you for Nigeria. Nigeria is in your hands. That's what we believe. We stand against hopelessness. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we decree 
that there's hope for a tree even when it is cut down according to your word at the scent of water it will bud again so we speak over nigeria there's hope for nigeria even when it looks cut down at the scent of water it will bud again nigeria will prosper our city will prosper your nation will prosper in the name of the lord jesus thank you everlasting father we bless your name in jesus precious name somebody who is blessed to be connected to this service put your hands together celebrate jesus today everyone online come on go ahead celebrate jesus hallelujah such a joy such a joy to be a part of this service and i believe that god is set to do us good i want to take distractions away from you as we teach and preach the word of god today there's power in the world to transform lives and to bring uh, the change that we anticipate. And I believe that this new week is yielding new blessings in your life in the precious name of Jesus. It's Democracy Day here in Nigeria. Uh, and I believe earlier on today, uh, the president spoke to the nation and all that. Um, maybe I should say one or two things as we go into today's message. It's Democracy Day for us here in Nigeria, and it's commemorative of, uh, you know, June 12th election of 1992, 93, right? 93, and um, uh, different countries have different ways of celebrating democracy. Sometimes it looks like in Africa, democracy has not yielded for us. Uh, democracy is... is, is a human system, and every human system has its own flaws. Uh, and I need just for everybody to understand that democracy can only yield to, I mean, for us, uh, to the level that we decide to align with certain values. There are values that run through a nation that impedes or reduce the efficacy of democracy. So there's no perfect system. We only get the best out of every system based on the values that we live by. That's why uh, we're speaking in a particular direction this morning as we continue on the teaching series, uh, Resilient Faith. Because it's time for us as a people and as a nation, and especially as Christians, to understand that God is counting on us to live out certain values practically. And those values have a way of getting the entire nation to maximize or to get the best out of the human systems that can be easily flawed. But when those of us who carry the light of Jesus shine our light, uh, certain things will be done a certain way and we will get the best out of democracy or any other human or system of gov government or system or by which we live together. Uh, we've seen uh, the human nature played out very strongly in the way democracy is done in our nation. We're still at the level of money politics, uh, uh, democracy that is not issue-based, uh, that is not ideologically, you know, there's no ideological framework for, for how it works. It's money politics, it's personality-based, you know, it's, um, it's a regional, you know, sometimes driven by ethnicity, sometimes driven by religion, and sometimes just driven by powerful personalities. Yeah. And that cannot take us far. That cannot take us far. Like I said last Sunday, I think in the third service, our political parties, uh, our major political parties, as is currently constructed, cannot yield a different Nigeria. The major parties cannot deliver to us the kind of leader that can move us forward. I'm, I'm serious about it. Yeah. At its currently arranged and constituted, it lacks the capacity uh, to yield good leaders for the nation or to deliver the dividend of democracy because it's not, they're not ideologically formed. They're not based on any, uh, you know, anything, I mean... Uh, they, they're just based on human beings just playing games. Yeah. Yeah. So people will keep just playing from here to there, move from here, go there, and then 
You know, some of them have changed parties like three, four times. Yeah, in two or three political dispensations. Yeah. And they keep welcoming each other. Yeah. And you see them celebrating when some people are decamping. This one, they come from here to there, and another one, they come from here to there. Even people at the topmost level who are supposed to be champions of certain ideologies and values will jump camp as if that means there's no ideological background or structure that governs that. So, it's time for those of us who have imbibed certain values. Because if you are a believer in Christ Jesus, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, one thing that should happen to you at new birth is that you receive, according to the scriptures, the spirit of sonship or adoption. One of the things that the Holy Spirit wants to do in the life of a believer is to give us the capacity to live based on certain values. To live out certain ideologies practically. Because the Holy Spirit is an enabler. He enables us to go against the grain and live out certain things practically. And we are the ones who can actually live out basic principles and ideologies. But unfortunately, we are the ones that are running away from, from politics, running away from partisan politics, running away from being a part of the process. But we are the ones that have what it takes to be able to say A is A and B is B and, you know, and we're going to live by A or B. You know, the apostles, the disciples of Christ, when they caught them in the Acts of the Apostles and they said, don't preach in the name of Jesus again. He said, we cannot but, <laughs> but say the things that we have seen. We can't but declare. And Jesus said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me. You will live out and declare the things that you have seen and heard and that you have experienced. So there's an empowerment that comes by the Holy Spirit to live out values. Anyone that says, I have the Holy Spirit and is struggling to live out certain values, you, maybe you don't have the real spirit. Because the empowerment of the Holy Spirit is to live out the values of Christ. You shall be witnesses unto me after you have received this power. Tarry here in Jerusalem, Jesus told his disciples. Acts, you know, uh, chapter 1, uh, I think uh, verse 8 there. It said, until you be endued with power from on high, and you shall be witnesses unto me. When you are endued with power, then you can live out. You can say, you can live it up practically. Those of us who have that grace should not continue to abandon the process and just wishing that things will work out anyhow. It's, it's never going to happen that way. Praise God. I said praise God. So we're going to continue to speak more about this as we go on. I just talked to say one or two things at least today around the country. We, we are celebrating democracy. And if you're yet to get your PVC, maybe you shouldn't come to church again until you get it. <laughs> yeah. Because you come and then you pray with us for Nigeria. And then the instrument of change, you relinquish it. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. And somebody says, is it that serious, pastor? Yes, it is. It is. It is that serious. Is that serious? We can't continue to pay lip service. You are okay. Somebody here listening to me, somebody online, maybe you are okay. Some, some people are able to jump out, move out of the country. You are okay where you are. Some of us are here in Nigeria, we are okay where we are. But a lot of people are not. Yeah, a lot of people are not. I travel Nigeria almost every week. Almost every week now, I take a flight out of Lagos to a different part of this country almost on a weekly basis. And I see things. I see things. Everything is not okay. Everything is not okay. And the kind of faith that we call resilient faith is the faith that is not based on me only. It's the faith that can deliver goodness to other people. Because all of the people that God called in the Bible, it wasn't just, it started with them, but it didn't end with them. Resilient faith starts with me, but does not end with me. God starts with you, 
then it extends to your household because your faith must impact your household and then your faith must impact your community and then your faith must impact your nation. That's real resilient faith. But what we have currently, especially in our own climate, is faith that is me, myself, and I. And most believers, the prayer is, Lord, bless me, bless my spouse, our children, our dog, bingo, and in Jesus' name. That's all. Just bless, just, it's just about us. Yeah. That, and that faith is not resilient enough. Glory be to Jesus. I said, glory be to Jesus. Join me your Bibles in the book of James, James chapter 2. And I'll read from verse 14, New Living Translation. James chapter 2 from verse 14. Today, in the remaining time that I have, I want to speak to the subject of chain catalysts. Say, continuing the train of thought, resilient faith. Chain catalysts. James chapter 2 from verse 14, New Living Translation. Everyone online, are you ready? All right. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your action? If you say you have faith, but you don't show it by your action, can that kind of faith save anyone? Big question. Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing. And you say goodbye and have a good day. Stay warm and uh, eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? Verse 17. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. And many people's faith today seemingly looks dead and useless because of the kind of fruit it produces. Verse 18. Now, someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith, for you believe that there's one God good for you, even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. So demons, the, de the devil has never denied God that, that God exists. It's not okay, it's not good enough to just believe that there's God and all that and that you can pray because the premise for prayer is that there's a superpower. Am I saying the truth? But that's not enough. That's what the scripture says here. If demons do better than that. They, 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 <laughs> they believe. Yeah, you know, you know, demons in the scriptures prayed to Jesus Christ once. Uh, in the, the way I think was madman of gatherings. Yeah, Jesus wanted to cast out demons from him. He said, how many are you? He said, we're plenty, we're legion. Yeah, and uh, they, they begged Jesus. He said, cast us into the swine. Don't send us into the abyss. We want to remain here. It's our territory. If you allow us, let us stay, stay here. And just for Jesus to prove a point, he granted their prayers. Yeah granted their prayers, and then casted them into the swine. And you know, the head of swine went into the water. And people felt like, look, something has happened here. The swine was destroyed. Then people came after and said, no, 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 Jesus, leave our territory. We don't, you know. But all that is just to show. Theatrics there is just to show what is going on. Because some people, except they see some physical things, they will not believe. People will come later and say, Jesus cast out devil. Jesus wanted to show them that... <laughs> See this man that you people have been seeing here. What is the man was carrying? One human being. You know, that's the capacity of a human being. What a human being carried and lived with for many months and many years, entered into a herd of swines and destroyed all of them. So when you see a human being that is doing like this, know that they're <laughs> you know, the, the, the person is loaded. Yeah. But one authority in the name of Jesus. Let's not, uh, I don't want to distract you. Uh, let, let's get back into the scriptures. So now someone may argue. Some people have faith and others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. Uh, yeah. You say you have faith, 
For, be, for, for you believe that there's one God, good for you. Even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. Verse 20. Oh foolish, can you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his action when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see his faith and his action worked together. His action made his faith complete. So it happened just as the scripture says. Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. The Lord bless the reading and the hearing of his word. We are shown to be righteous, not just by faith alone, but by what we do. Many people complain about their nation, complain about what is happening around us, and I think, especially for us in this part of the world, in Nigeria, being democracy day today, it's good for us to take our time to challenge ourselves and challenge our faith for all of us to play our part. There's a strong correlation between the prosperity, civility, and humanity of your nation and community and your personal family well-being. The moment you make a clear separation between, you know, the, the, the civility, the, the, the prosperity, the humanity of your nation and community and your personal family well-being, you will direct your faith in one direction, which is let my family just be okay. In the rough that we have found ourselves, uh, we are all there together, but we were okay here. And But this place, is uh, you, you people can be like this, but we were okay here. Many people, the, the deprivation in our society has engendered uh, too much of personal faith uh, and personal righteousness and people seeking God only for themselves and not for the place where God has planted us or, or making our faith resilient enough for other people, for you know, our community to be able to partake of our faith. So we do things. Christians do all kinds of silly things. All kinds of things. We have faith. The Bible says the, the, the just shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. But we need to understand uh, uh, the different kinds of things that happen when we don't dimension our righteousness or our faith properly. We have people who have faith today. They come to church, they pray. But you go to like a gated estate here, around here in Lekki, where houses are expensive, even to rent a house is expensive, and there are Christians who live there. And some people alter the meter. Yeah. To pay less electricity charge. In fact, the electricians will come and say, oh God, I know there's something I can do. If I do it, your meter will not be reading fast. Ah, please do it too. Do it. Because, you know, in this country, everybody, every, uh, God for us all, everybody for themselves, or something like that. How do we say it? Yeah. <laughs> we say something like that. So do it, because all of us are driven by self-preservation. So when you agree to that kind of a thing, Sometimes we even say we're doing it by faith. And then we pray that in this estate I will not be caught in Jesus' name. <laughs> you know, that kind of a person, if you put a person side by side with an armor robber, a gang, and I heard that some of the gang also pray before they go on operation. Yeah. That they will not be caught and that, you know, Jesus will protect them. As in, this faith in Christ sometimes looks so messed up in this disposition or the way we, we engage it that <laughs> one of my friends said, you know, in heaven, Nigeria is uh, like an entertainment channel. 
they only watch us after 10 p.m. Just switch. The angels will just gather together and switch and say, before we go to bed, let's laugh small and watch Nigeria. They just switch and they'll be watching. Ah, ah, see children of God. Children of God. <laughs> see what they are doing. <laughs> and angels will laugh, have a good laugh and go to bed. <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. So, the outcomes of what we see today is based on the collective actions of all of us. You know, it's easy for us to blame authority figures like governors, presidents, legislators. We, we blame people. When Nigerians gather together to talk about the country, it's always centered on either the president or a state governor, something like that. Or the corrupt people. Yeah, the corrupt people. It reminds me of, uh, you know, Israel in the wilderness. They didn't have any other gist apart from talking about Moses. Always blaming Moses. Why did he even take us out of uh, Egypt if he knows you can't carry us to a promised land? What kind of leader is this? <laughs> Moses went to take the Ten Commandments. Before he came back, they have arranged another God for themselves. Because they thought Moses was their problem. Yeah. I know our case is not exactly the same because we have leaders who have problems. Yeah, so don't get me wrong. I'm not holding brief for any leader. Not right now. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that where a people found themselves is not only premised on the action of the leaders alone. Leaders are, must have collaborators. Leaders must have people who are chosen to live with the wrong values. Leaders must have people who have faith but don't have works. Good deeds to show that their faith really is residing in them. Are you still with me today? I said, are you still with me today? It's very important that we have that. Let me quickly explain this a little further. Just to shed light on it a bit more. Two types of righteousness. Two types of righteousness. We need to understand that there's a type of righteousness that is personal righteousness. In the Latin, it is called uh, coram deo, uh, which means in the presence of God. Or it's, it's called passive righteousness, the righteousness of identity, because it rests, I mean, sorry, it restores man's identity as a child of God. It is the righteousness that is a gift that does not depend on anything that we have done. You know what Romans uh, 10 verse 9 and 10 says? That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Said for with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with mouth confession is made unto salvation. So that righteousness is bestowed on us just by confessing Christ as our Lord and Savior. But it's the starting point. Romans 5 and verse 17 says, If by one man's offense sin came into the world, he said in the same way, by another man's obedience. Yeah. How do you put it? True one, true one, much more. He said those, okay, those who have received abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in one, in life, through one, Jesus Christ. So, for he by one man, no, 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 go back, go back, go back. For he by one man's offense, death reign, through one, much more. One man's obedience, which is Christ's obedience, brought us a gift of righteousness. So, there's a righteousness that is just a gift. We didn't do anything to obtain it. It was not based on what we have done. It is based on what Christ has done. And that's the foundational righteousness. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. Without the sacrifice of Christ on the cross of, uh, uh, on, on Calvary's cross, we cannot get the gift of righteousness. And when we accept his death as being ours, as a payment for our sins and iniquities, 
then we'll partake and we'll receive that gift of righteousness. So, that's one type of righteousness. This righteousness is righteousness that is received from God. Like I said before, it's, it's a forgiveness it comes by God forgiving our sins, looking not at us, but at Christ. But it's a second kind of righteousness, which is coram mundo in the Latin. Righteousness in the eyes of the world. It's also called active righteousness, not passive righteousness. It's also called civil righteousness, to drive it home a little better. The righteousness of the law, which is based on obedience, which is based on action. And the righteousness, this, the, 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 the righteousness of reason and philosophy, the righteousness of character, it deals with attitudes and behavior. It's not premised only on what Christ has done. It's called civil righteousness. It, it shows, it touches your environment. It's the righteousness that unbelievers are looking for. You know, there's the righteousness that God is looking for. There's the one that unbelievers are looking for. There's the one that our world wants to see. And a lot of the time, we overemphasize the type 1 righteousness to the detriment of type 2. So people carry it. They feel that they have received grace. Their sins have been forgiven. Uh, but they don't know that the first righteousness is a foundation for the second one. Because the first righteousness is an empowerment to live out Christ so that you can have civil righteousness. Is somebody getting something out of this? Are you still here? So a person is righteous, Kuramundo, when he or she is in right relationship with the rest of creation. And this is demonstrated through action. The first righteousness is based on your right relationship with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The next one, that's why you can have somebody who is born again and in his office, he's not a righteous man. And everybody knows that this one, ah, man. But the truth, actually, is that the person is actually born again. But the person does not think about righteousness from righteous, civil righteousness, righteousness in the eyes of the world. You know that some people in their office, their Bible is the biggest. When it's time to do, you know, small prayer in the office, their tongue is like the tongue of the angels. People hear it, you know, makara, ekeke, or all kinds of tongue that you, 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 fear will catch you. Yeah, when they start to speak in tongues. Yeah. But when all that is over, and they say, um, you know, this check we're about to sign, we know uh, it's supposed to be 200 million, but we just want to add one zero because that zero will not kill anybody and it will make the life of people better. Uh, not people generally, the crony. So just, and you know, uh, the, the, nobody will, it, don't, it, don't, it doesn't mean anything. That's how they, and, uh -huh. and the person, the person that just finished speaking in tongues is the one saying what I'm saying. Yeah. And then you will now look at everything and you just say, ah, uh, this thing is not hard enough. Yeah. When you have the type 1 righteousness and you don't embrace the type 2 righteousness, you confuse your world. Yeah. You, conf you confuse your neighbor. You confuse everybody. Yeah. That's why people will never follow some people to church. Am I talking to somebody here today? See, when somebody, let me, let me drive this home a little more. When somebody, especially in our climb here where we have motorbikes that people pay for and carries them, and sometimes I'm driving on this road, and you see motorbikes facing, on the highway, facing you, and human beings are sitting at the back, they paid. You know you can blame the motorbike guy, but what about the Christian that speaks in tongues that also pays? And the person says, I'm going to carry you on face one way. I say, just be going because I need to go to where I'm going fast. Yeah. Can we drive this in home a little more? 
What about people who your business is making money, but you are owing staff? People supply you raw materials and you, you won't pick their call after what? And you are selling the product. Yeah. You are selling the product. And you know, especially on these days where there are all kinds of money prayers. Some people, they do three. Wake up at four, join one, join another one, join another one, join another one, until nine when they will say, just be going to work. Yeah. And then you finish all that. You get to work, you see people that have not collected salary for two months, and yet money is entering your account. Or people who finish all that prayer and then get to work to go and sleep. <laughs> yeah. You now get to work. You have been praying since 4 a.m. Eh? Nobody sent you. <laughs> no, that's the truth. Because you can just do one. One hour. It's okay. Or 45 minutes of prayer. It's okay. You don't have to pray five hours and then go to work. You are useless. And yet, if... On the 26th, your salary is not paid. You are the first one to send HR and email. HR, why is the salary delayed this month? <laughs> yeah. You know, some, some people's one week of work is the work that some people do for one day. They just go and show up. You get to work. You'll be gisting about what is trending online. You use your employer's time to be softening the net and uh, doing Instagram. You are the one that's always liking Whatever anybody posts. They're always there to like. How do you have time to always be liking everything? Don't you wonder some people? They, I know some people take out time later in the day to do some of these things. But some people, from 8 a.m. to midnight, anything you post, they're there to like it. By the way, I don't mean that you should not like what I post again. So that you won't say, Pastor said. I'm only just saying. <laughs> I'm only just saying that some people are distracted. Yeah. You don't do a good day's job for a good day pay. Yeah. That is not righteous. It's not righteous. It's unrighteousness. Yeah. Adults will wake up in the morning and go to work. And at 6 p.m., you cannot even show what you have done today. And you left children at home who are calling you daddy or mommy. No, that's the truth. Because it bothers me sometimes when you see people who are loafing around. And yet they expect to be paid. People use the organization's, you know, materials and resources anyhow. Anyhow. And if you ask them, say, eh, 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 have we not been working here? It's for all of us now. It's the same mindset that we have about national assets. So with that, we run down corporations. We run down national assets. You know, one leader cannot, on his or her own, run down everything. They need collaborators. Yeah. And it's more disheartening when their collaborators are people of faith. People who are supposed to be righteous. So righteousness is related. I mean, civil righteousness is related to righteousness of identity. As fruits are related to root. You can't say, this is my civil righteousness, or I don't engage in this, but I have this. No, it's not possible. That's why Proverbs 14 and verse 34 in the Amplified Translation says, righteousness, moral and spiritual integrity, and virtues, and virtuous character, in bracket, exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. And when he was talking about this, it's not just my personal sin. It's, it's, it's talking about civil righteousness. Yeah. It's talking about civil righteousness. Because my sins can be forgiven, or I've been forgiven. Jesus already paid the price. But I must open my mind to civil righteousness. Many believers have scoped their righteousness as individual piety. Piety. 
that has no communal or institutional value. All this individual piety of I'm holy and this, at the end of the day, how is it affecting where you walk? How is it affecting where you walk? You know, some people, in front of their name, you have FNS, NNS, MNI, you know, all those kind of things there. Fellow here, associate here, at all those institutes where you are fellow and fellowship. What has your presence done in those places? Because those places are platforms. And when a righteous person is occupying a platform, it must be different. We must show our righteousness that came from Christ must engender the civil righteousness that portrays us well in front of the world. Any form of righteousness that does not positively transform your environment is superficial. It's superficial. And we say that, I mean, can I say that one more time? Any kind of righteousness that does not positively transform your environment is superficial. Jesus rebuked the Pharisees, the hypocrites of his days, with sharp words because they were very pious and they, they, they showed themselves to be righteous. You see, that's, I go everywhere in the world and they ask me this question and it's always very disheartening to answer the same question all over again. Every time I travel outside of Nigeria, even in African countries, they are still asking me in Kampala a few weeks ago. You people are even asking me what they're asking me abroad. Are you okay? Because we are almost the same. But they will, say, they will ask you even in Ghana. How come you have the largest churches and things are still not working? You know, that's the question you ask a pastor when you want to show him that he should go and find another job. Because <laughs> yeah. that's what, I mean, I was in South Africa once. Uh, African Philanthropic Forum invited me to deliver a paper in conjunction with Harvard uh, in Africa. So this was a big deal. I mean, I was speaking on the platform of African Philanthropic Forum and Harvard University. And I wasn't the only religious person there. Uh, there was somebody from Egypt, yeah, who was uh, uh, um, of the Islamic religion, was a professor also from, another, I mean, diff different people. And after we finished presenting all the papers and the, the seminars went well and all that, and then, you know, usually you have cocktail and dinner afterwards. And uh, as if, when he said it's time to ask questions, you can imagine that kind of forum. He said, oh, yeah, the pastor from Nigeria. <laughs> yeah. I have a question for pastor, that pastor from Nigeria, the clergyman from Nigeria. Uh, uh, what, what's happening in your country? You seem to speak quite well, but, but, but. We, we know the, bigger, the biggest churches in the world and your country, but all the things we read, they don't, they don't show. Uh... You know, that's the point where I say, who sent you come? Is it... <laughs> you know, why don't you just make my life? I'm trying to eat here, you know. And, you know. Once. It happens all the time. And you keep holding brief. I mean, I, I was at a, another secular uh, um, um, uh, funding space, they call it. This big organization, they, they do funding for um, non-governmental organizations in civil society. So they invited me to speak about faith and philanthropy. And afterwards, you know, they do panel. The same thing. This one resulted into argument. Because <laughs> when they asked, when they brought the same question again, different country, different fora, this time around, I was ready to defend the church. <laughs> I'm serious. Because I said, no, this thing, we have to. I said, no. See, there are good people in Nigeria, good pastors, great churches. Churches have built universities, built this, da, da, da. Why is it that it's always... Uh, the bad pastors that you're always talking about. And I started giving them, you know, things that we do, things that other churches do that are good. And then somebody still lifted their hand. I said, no! Is it no?
because it, it looked like, like a planned action. You know. I didn't even know when I said no, no. <laughs> but I just said that for you to understand the kind of things and, uh, you know, what is going on out there and how people see us. And it's not about one person, it's not about one pastor. Many of us too online, we dragged people, young people here. You know what they call dragging? <laughs> online. They will just wake up one morning and say, this is the person we are dragging today. One day they will drag a politician, another day they will drag a pastor and drag. I want you to drag yourselves too. Mm -hmm. Because this thing is not about one person. All of us must wear our thinking heart and take responsibility with civil righteousness. Jesus looked at the Pharisees, Matthew 20, 23 and verse 23. He says, what sorrow awaits you teachers of religion, religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb, herb gardens. But you ignore the more important aspect of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. I was watching the APC and I'm not trying to be political in any way, APC um, presidential Disney, yeah, when Dr. Gunaya Onu came up and said, this party, justice is one of our values. Show me the justice. If you still feel a Southeasterner cannot rule Nigeria, I've served this country for many years, and it confronted and I, was, I stood up and I was clapping for him. At least we should have some people who can speak out. Who can say, I mean, you can slice and dice it how you like. And you may say, oh, maybe the time has not come. Whatever reason you are giving. But for us not to be able to speak to matters of justice, mercy. See, yesterday, just yesterday, we sent a team of our prison outreach ministry people to Krikiri, or is it Ikoi, Krikiri, uh, right? Uh -huh. Maximum and uh, medium prison. Because we wanted to do an outreach, a medical outreach, where we were actually trying to extend Obomi there so we could do some surgery in there. Our survey yesterday showed that we can't do anything like that there. Yeah. Nothing is really in place to take care of that. Uh, we're not sure that it, there won't be serious problem if we try it. To, to, to gain access or to get them the, the, the right care that they need, I mean, surgery and all that, and the people will take care of them after. Uh, only one nurse in the entire facility that they have there, you know, and all that. So you can't operate on one person and leave them to nobody to take care of. When we put people away because of their infractions, it does not mean that their lives will end. There's, that's mercy. Yeah. And I say, people, if you keep looking away, it's not going to work. Yeah. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. We can't keep looking away. There are many things that are not working. So, Glory be to Jesus. It's time for each and every one of us to think about where we can solve real problems and look away from this rent-seeking mindset that we have as a people, where everything is a transaction. Governance is a transaction in Nigeria. If you're building hospital, building road, it's a transaction. Yeah, it's not, it's not, uh, it's what will come out of it. Yeah, that's, that's all we do. And we need to move away from there where we want to build communities, build roads, build things for primarily the welfare of people, not just transaction. We have to change that mindset. Except we do that, things will not work. God is counting on us for duty of care. God is counting on us for honesty in public life as well as honesty in private life. God is counting on us for justice and equality of opportunity. Yeah. Today we're talking about Muslim-Muslim ticket 
in a country that is almost half and half Christian, Muslim, and other religions. In fact, the people of other religions, they don't even mention their name. Yeah, it's like, it's, there's no, it's like as if there's no other religion that exists. Yeah. So there's re no real equality. And some people are not talking about, uh, uh, it's not, we shouldn't talk religion, we should just talk about competence. If you flip the coin, and you have somebody proposing a Christian Christian ticket, we will be talking about just competence and we won't talk about religion. Does that mean people of other religions are not competent? I'm shaking some tables here today. <laughs> but you see, if those of us who are in the church will still continue not to speak out about certain things, we will continue to aid and abet. But as I wrap up today, I need you to understand something. God is counting on us. See, when a situation is in a particular state, God looks away from unbelievers and focuses on his own people. That's the premise for 2 Chronicles 7, 13, and 14. When I shut up heaven and there's no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people, when the situation is bad, God said, I don't look at unbelievers. I look at my people. If my people, verse 14, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. My people, that means my people can be wicked. And turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. See, there's a situation that we can be like Sodom and Gomorrah. In Sodom and Gomorrah, God was looking for one righteous person. He was not looking at what Sodom and Gomorrah was doing. Uh, he was just looking for one righteous person. There are situations where God, the mercy of God can only be procured by civil righteousness of believers. Yeah. I hope I've been able to make a point on that. And I hope you got it. Yeah. If my people who are called by my name, there's no mention of generality, there's no mention of everybody, there's no mention of unbelievers, God did not say anything about unbelievers in Sodom. He, was, he just told Abraham, if I can get, you know, a righteous person here, if I can get ten righteous people here, just on their account, I will not destroy the land. So there's a way a place can be. And all God is asking for is the action of righteous people. God depends significantly on the actions of his own people to intervene. So it's our action, not the actions of unbelievers that provoke the mercy of God. Yeah. Our action, not the actions of unbelievers that provoke the mercy of God. As I wrap up today, I'm going to give you one homework. I'll give you one homework. My time is done. I'm going to give you one homework. Please put my last slide, the Nehemiah model of civil righteousness. Put it on the screen. I challenge everybody in this house, take a picture of this, you know, maybe we'll put it on the website, you can download it. Use it for Bible study this week. That's my challenge to you. Nehemiah's model of civil righteousness. Use that Bible study this week. Read all the scriptures that are there and ask yourself, how am I doing with this? Because what we see in the life of Nehemiah is that whether you are in Nigeria or Nigeria in diaspora, like Nehemiah was in diaspora, there's a need for a body that we must not allow to dissipate. A body for the place of your birth. And for anyone watch, watch, watching online who's not in Nigeria, what is happening in your own country as well? There's a need for a body. Nehemiah had a body in his heart for Jerusalem whose walls were broken down. The whole city was in tatters. And Nehemiah said, no, no, no. I'm going to use my network. I'm going to use the platform that I have and the opportunity. It was at that time, the cupbearer to King Atazis of uh, uh, um, Persia, Medes. So he, 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 uh, he, 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 he approached the king. He prayed with a body. and said, God, give me favor before the king. What are you using your platform to do? as far as civil righteousness is concerned. 
and how your community and nation can change. On this Democracy Day, I want to challenge everybody that resilient faith is not just faith to get food to eat. Resilient faith is a faith that spreads beyond just me and my family to how a people and a nation can be transformed. An industry can be transformed. A school where you work right now. Yeah. A company that you work for. Don't say it's not my, it's not my thing. I just want to be okay. It's wanting to be okay that brought us to where we are. When there's currency devaluation, does not only affect one person. It affects everybody. And I know some people profit from that because they have access to people in the corridors of power. Those people too will soon leave. Yeah. That brook will dry up in just a matter of time. And you too, you will come. And even when you get dollar rebates, you know, for people who do, you will still going to drive that big car on the same road that has photo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're still going to, I mean, it's still the same thing. We can't remain in the rock. All of us, all hands must be on deck. And we must be willing to do the right thing. Are you blessed today? I said, are you blessed today? Glory be to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. As we pray today, I just want to throw one challenge out to somebody. Apart from uh, this that I said we should read. And the challenge is this. What righteous action can I commit to that will significantly, positively impact my community right now? One. One. Not two. One. One righteous action that I can commit to personally that will significantly impact my network, impact my community, impact whatever God has placed around me. Just one action. One action. For somebody... It may just be, be nicer. Yeah. Care more. Did your care for other people around you. For somebody, it may be, I'm going to speak out. Yeah. Where I've been keeping quiet. I'm going to insist that some things are done a certain way. When, I mean, where I am. All kinds of things that you can decide on. Yeah. For somebody here is that I will never pass one way again. That's for some people. Just one. I'm asking just for one action. Yeah. Somebody here, it may be that you, 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 you know, it looks like color blindness, but it's not because you don't see red lights. Right. It says, uh, I thought it was green, you know, and then you just move. Uh-huh. And just tell yourself, from today, I will see clearly. And when it is red, I will stop. Yeah. <laughs> Just one action that you can take. It's as simple as some of the things I'm saying. For some people, it's deeper. But one action that you take, and you know that, look, if I continue with this action, I would have contributed my part to building a better community. Lift your two hands with me today. And say, Father, use me in any way to change the narrative around this nation. In the name of Jesus. Somebody say prayer today. Say prayer today. Say prayer today. Say prayer today. Lord, use me in any way that you can to change the narrative around me, to change the narrative in my industry, to change the narrative in my community, to change the narrative in that estate, to change the narrative within my family. Use me in any way that you can. Help me to embrace a new thinking according to your word. Use me in any way that you can. To change the narrative. I don't just want to stay uh, uh, with righteousness. Identity of righteousness from God. I want to be righteous before my world. I want to live out my faith in Christ practically. And I want to do that. Even in the place where you are planted. And for somebody here, it starts from your home. So all this wickedness at home should stop. You've not greeted your spouse in one week. Go back home and say hello. Go back home and say we can fix what we have on ground. Let God touch your heart and let it start from home. 
let it reflect at work from tomorrow. That I'm not just righteous because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I want to live it out practically. I want to live it out practically. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we bless your name. Lift your two hands with me, everyone. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we stand in your authority today. Whatever the enemy is holding against anyone here, we stand against it in the name of Jesus. Our faith will no longer be baseless. Our faith will no longer be empty. Our faith will produce on a larger scale. Everyone will find us faithful in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for our nation, for every nation where people are joining from. We receive your peace upon our nations and we ask everlasting Father, let righteousness rule and reign in our nations in the name of the Lord Jesus. We pray specifically for Nigeria as we celebrate our democracy day today. Turn the tide around for our good. Let wickedness no longer rule and reign in Nigeria. In the name of Jesus. Let there be an end to bloodshed and violence. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Awaken, oh God, a new generation that will be branded with righteousness. That will understand their civil right. And that we go out there and speak to the enemy at the gates. We thank you everlasting Father. We give you glory and we give you praise. In the precious name of Jesus. See with all that's bowed. Can I pray for anyone in this service today? Who may be saying. Pastor. You described the first righteousness. I cannot even lay claim to that. Because I don't know Jesus as my Lord and personal savior. I want to give my life to Christ. There's anyone like that under the influence of my voice. I love to pray for you. Somebody may be online right now. You don't know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. Or somebody may be saying, I said a prayer before, but I backslid into sin. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. Somebody, maybe you got into something and it dragged you away from God. A relationship. Uh, you got into a circumstance and it completely dragged you away from Jesus Christ. You cannot really say that if Christ should come right now, he will call you his own child. I, 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 I want to pray for you right now. I want to pray for you right now. I want to pray for you right now. That God will come into your life, that the knowledge of Christ and the saving grace of Christ will be rekindled in your heart and in your life. And that something new will start in your life from this moment forward. If you are right in the auditorium, whether you are in front, in the back, in the gallery, can I ask that you lift your right hand above your head as you pray this prayer with me? If you are online, I want you to go to the chat room and let us know I'm giving my life to Christ. Go to the comment and say I'm giving my life to Christ. I'm giving my life to Christ. If your hand is up, can you stand by your chair right there? Remain where you are, but stand. Stand with me if your hand is up. Just stand. Thank you for standing. Just stand. Stand where you are. Stand where you are. God is touching your heart. God is speaking to your heart. I want you to stand. Join the people standing and stand. Just stand. Something new will start in your life. You will never be the same again. God who began a good work in you, he will perfect it. Don't harden your heart. Don't try to repress that voice. It's not condemnation. It's a conviction. Because you know that you need to straighten your ways with God. And it's just a prayer. It's just a prayer. Jesus already paid the price. It's just a prayer. It's just a prayer. It's just a prayer. It's just a prayer. Yeah. For if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, man believe unto righteousness, with mouth confession is made unto salvation. So if you stand and confess Jesus with me today, God will start something new in your life and you will never be the same again. Whether you are here or you are online, if you're standing, you're making this confession with me, I wanted to say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I ask that you forgive me my sins. And that you cleanse me from every unrighteousness. I accept your death, burial, and resurrection as being done on my behalf. You pay the price. You sacrifice your life for me that I may be redeemed. So today, I declare you as my Lord and my Savior. I appreciate your sacrifice on my behalf. Thank you for saving me. 
I dedicate my life to you afresh from today. Fill my heart with your spirit and give me a new beginning. I declare right now that I'm born again. I'm a child of God and I will live my life for you from this moment forward. In the name of Jesus. If you just say that.